before so much paralyzing terror. The sadistic leader of the bloody brood, whose only philosophy is anything goes. What's up, weirdos? It's time to leave your respective reality behind for a while and take a little trip into the Weirdoverse. I'm J.D. Ross, your tour guide through the halls of strangeness, and you are listening to Weird Wide. We have a very special episode for you today. Uh, This show's first dive into the world of murder. But first, let me introduce my guest for this episode. And no, this time, at least for the moment, it's not one of my nonsensical characters that I've, I've actually brought a real-life human onto the show. Uh, the first guest for the show had to be special. Uh, if you're a fan of my uh, previous podcast, Going Hollywood, he'll be a familiar voice, familiar face. You know him. You love him. Please welcome my best friend, the ghost. My brother, I appreciate brother. you having me, man. When I when I found out you're doing this, I'm like, dude, I've got to hop on this particular episode. Uh, oh, absolutely. This is this has been one that we've like. It's I've been excited about this for a while because, like, oh, you know, yeah. we'll get into it. We'll we'll see. We'll see where uh, why this is a special episode. Um, but yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, first of many guests. Uh, but I had to have the ghost on first. I had to. I, had I appreciate my best that, friend brother. On first. Now let's get on with the murder. So today we're going to be overturning a rock that is uh, much less less known in the true crime world. Uh, not a household name like Gacy, Bundy, or Dahmer, uh, right. but a situation that fits perfectly into the weirdoverse. Uh, like I hinted at up top, because our friend the ghost was actually kind of involved in the situation. So we've got mm-hmm. a bit of an extra perspective that's kind of more of a rarity in the world of true crime. Yes, today... Sir. We're going to be talking about the murder of Corey Voss. Now, Ghost, you were friends with the people behind the murder. So without getting <laughs> too far into it, Jesus, uh, what is it like having known real life murderers? Ladies and gentlemen, just to make it clear, this was an accidental find. I didn't just say, hey, I'm going to scout out some murderers. That I was need not to be my friends intention with yet. murderers today. Literally, I, I out of high school. Wanted to do film, blah, blah, blah. You know the whole spiel. Walked into Wawa, which is if you're wherever. It's like a Sheets. Walked into a Wawa gas station. Yeah, it's true. If you're on... East Coast, there's like the Sheets-Wawa battle. There you go. Walked into a Wawa, found a card that said screenwriter, photographer, uh, <laughs> actor, or some shit. Michael Draven. Oh, and I'm like, oh shit. God. I mean, and this I still have the fucking card, dude. It's mm. him gothic. It's just it was great. I'm like, I all right, let's... love that you still have the card. I did not know that you still have the card. I do still That's have the, I have a lot of amazing. That's amazing. Now, people always want to look for a reason when it comes to gruesome acts like this. Was it Gacy's childhood trauma that led to his rampage? Was there something abnormal in in Dahmer's brain that led him to do what he did? Was it Marilyn Manson and bullying that caused the Columbine shooters to finally snap one day? But while those cases and many others are debated to this day, uh, the murder of Corey Voss has a much more clear-cut answer, uh, and it's so simple it's infuriating money purely and simply money which most murders when you look the mundane murders that we know yeah 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 mostly money like i killed my wife or wife kills husband for money it seems like okay 
plausible. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. The way they went about it was a bit ridiculous in a sense, and I know we'll go into it more. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's it's honestly this is one of the stupidest murders I've ever like researched too. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, when you actually think <laughs> about it back, I, I rewatched all of the episode of she has like nine of them now. Can't has like nine yeah. of them now, and on on all over different kind of shows and TV channels and streaming channels, and I watched all of them, and man, they were really dumb, really yeah. dumb. Yeah, as we'll get into, as we'll get into. So, yeah, uh, even more infuriating and tragic though is like from what I could turn up, by all accounts, Corey Voss was a stand up guy. I couldn't find a bad thing written about him. Uh, yeah. Did you ever get a chance to meet him? Nah, nah. I never okay. met. I met. Uh, I actually he he got murdered six months after we met. Okay. Each so other. I only knew these people four months. That's funny. I can actually kind of pin like where the time, where on the timeline it is that like you came into contact with him. That's it, kind it, of funny. It, it is. It's crazy, right? And you can even read it with the paperwork, like the friends when the when the FBI and all those fucks were following them. It's like, oh, we were those friends. The band she was managing. Oh, God. That is funny as shit. It is. So Corey Voss was born in 1977 outside of Chicago. Um, he was apparently not a traditionalist. Uh, Corey dropped out of high school, but he later got his GED and he enlisted in the U.S. Navy. Now, like many who struggle to find their groove in school, I can attest to that. I was one of those people, um, not didn't go down this this particular path. But Corey was able to find himself through service in the military. Uh, and according to NCIS agent Maureen Evans, who was involved in the investigation, Corey's commander on the USS Elrod had said that in the decade and a half that he had served, Corey was easily one of his top three. So he mm -hmm. went from high school dropout to shining star in the Navy. He really found his his groove there. He did. Even his mother mentioned it in one of the interviews where he literally was a dropout, got his yeah. GED, and became a fucking com a, a, a com uh, is it communications officer? Yeah, he was a communications, communications officer. officer, and he was actually apparently like uh, like he was on some kind of program. They had like a five year program that he would have yeah. been like running his own ship within the next couple of years. In, in, in the next year, he was was that it the close. next year? Oh it was God. that it, he was that. That close. I didn't even know the man. And yeah, I the way I actually, and I'm, we're gonna bring this up later. The way yeah. I found out about Corey was yeah. very scary. Yeah, I mean, immensely. Yeah, and I, I kept this to let you know. See, yeah, the, again, if you've ever listened to Go in Hollywood, we always try to keep some of these things like so we can get the genuine reaction. So I don't even know all of the ghost side of the story with this whole thing. With as much research as I've done on this, I don't even know the full details. Just wait. Now, while Corey's star was rising, he decided to go bar hopping one night in 1999, uh, which was a decision that would ultimately lead him to an early grave. It is fucking crazy to think that if he had just stayed at home that night, uh, if he had just opted to have a movie night in, he might still be alive today and we wouldn't even know his name. Yeah. But unfortunately, that isn't the case. Uh, 1999, everyone was worried about Y2K, but little did Corey know. He should have been much more worried about a woman named Katarina Cat Wiggins. Oh, boy. Yeah. Let me tell you, Cat is a pure sociopath, and we will go into that aspect deeper. I think you're right, because I think she definitely sees everything as transactional um, from what I was able to, like, kind of dig up and kind of what it seemed like the her viewpoint of things were. Now that I'm older, she went to prison when I, my with my age, yeah. 33. So knowing how she was, she, she was the sociopath. The first time I met her, man, and I will, we'll go, I know you'll yeah. we'll bring it up in a little bit, but this this woman is 
just she used people and Corey yeah. was one of the people that she used yeah well let's dig a little bit more into cat so uh like we've said cat was a little bit of a weird one um yeah oh, this God. actually checks out because um i'm not not sure who at home is aware uh the ghost is uh not from the us of a um That's i actually right. when i met him at first uh, there was a large group of uh bosnians that we were all hanging out with it was uh it was interesting. So that kind of weirdly fits with how Kat got into that group a little bit. Yeah. Because she had this weird habit of faking a Russian accent. And let me tell you something. <laughs> the first time I met her, she pulled that bullshit on me. When I saw it in one of the episodes first time, I was yeah. like, oh, that is a real thing she fucking did. She did that. She tried. She was like, hi, I'm Katarina. I am from Russia. Now, how like, okay? Now, how good of an accent was it? Because, like, you know, was, there's the, my name is Boris. I'm from Mother Russia. You know, it was Some that. people can pull. Okay. Was it like, was, was it convincing, though? No, it was purely like, here's the thing. When she said that to me, I immediately retorted with, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm from Eastern Europe, too. What part of Russia are you from? And it immediately, I don't even remember the transition being subtle. It was just, yeah, I'm from Newport News. So she couldn't even like fucking fake it. Like, just like, like, like she couldn't even pull a half baked and go like from the cold part. No. <laughs> Instead of right even, near the beach, it's no, I come no, from no. The cold and, part. and the thing is, everything that I'm about to tell you in the first night that I met her yeah. is also what happened with how I found out who, who Corey Voss was. Okay. Okay. She literally lied about this accent. That is not a joke. That literally happened to me for like half a second. And I, she couldn't fool a Eastern European. Good fucking luck. That's true. That's true. I mean, like, I yeah, I've been around you guys. I can't fool you guys. Like, you can't you can't fuck yeah. around with that shit. Like, I've like, been around you can all tell. Of you. Yeah, you can tell when Eastern it's European. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, honestly, honestly, Eastern European. I'll tell you what, it's a it's a weird thing, and I'm gonna put one of our friends from back in the day on blast a little bit. It's the weird fucking questions that y'all like to ask. Yeah. You like jeeps? You like jeeps? You like jeeps? You like Absolutely. Motorhead? You like Motorhead? Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, dude. Motorhead, like dude. what the fuck, man? Like, yeah, I'm listening to Motorhead in a Jeep. <laughs> like, I do. I do like Motorhead. Thanks for asking. Nice fucking noticing it. That's a little inside joke. Uh, that's great. <laughs> now, part of Kat's problem was that she wanted for a lifestyle that was well outside of her price range. She drove a BMW. She wanted yep. all the designer clothing. Uh, basically, she was that girl from the Offspring song, Why Don't You Get a Job? You know that song? <laughs> My friend's got a girlfriend and he hates that bitch. He tells me every day. It's great. That's right. But from what I could tell, she wasn't willing to work for those luxuries. Uh, I did read an interview with her aunt, Carol Wiggins, uh, saying that uh, she noticed this weird relationship around money from an early age. Uh, when Kat was 16, uh, she did receive an inheritance of about 25000 from another family member that had died. Uh, and, Ka and Kat took Carol shopping. And she described the look in Kat's eye as she went through the store as that of a rat in a cheese factory. That's no joke. Yeah, and apparently it only took three weeks to piss away all that money. It's, I'm actually not surprised with the later information you guys will find out. I'm yeah. not surprised about that. I didn't know this information. This was obviously she was 16. She was, I don't know this Carol Wiggins. I would have loved to meet, meet her. She seems like a crab. I know what you're talking about. I, yeah. I've watched that one. Uh, yeah, she. I don't know anything about this uh, $25,000 inheritance, but she did piss it away in three weeks like a moron. That's amazing. I can't even oh, imagine yeah. doing that. Yeah, same. Now, along with being very money-focused, Kat was also very much into, like, the party-slash-socialite kind of lifestyle. 
always like to make herself like kind of the center of attention at the party. Uh, now, with the birth of their first two children, uh, Kat and Corey, because they married in, two, in the year 2000. Um, but even this didn't settle that down in her. Like a lot of people, when they have kids, they start to settle that down. Uh, while Corey was described as like the ideal husband and father, always prioritizing family time. Kat right. wanted to continue with her party girl lifestyle. That was her thing. She even talked to me about it. She fucking yeah. did it with us. We were 18, 19-year-olds ready to party. This is a 32-year-old woman. I never put two and two together as an 18-year-old. Why would you? Well, yeah, why you know? would you? At that point, it's like right. you know, you're not thinking. like Because uh, when you're an 18 or 19-year-old, you, you're allowed to be a dumbass. Like You, you haven't right. learned not Correct. to be a dumbass yet. Right. Yeah. And I mean, today <clears throat> now at 33 years old, I mean, yes, I will party, but I have a lot more shit to do than party every fucking night. So when she, yeah, Corey was completely like how you and I are. Corey was like how we are now. We kind of settled down, like, yeah, like correct. wanting to move into a different like type of exactly. lifestyle. I don't even fucking want to go out and party. Like I'll, I'll go out to right? a nice dinner or like, you know, I'll go hang out with people, like go to yeah. a, you know, a fun event. But like, I don't want to go out and drink all night anymore. And like that. party. I just, yeah. it, just it doesn't doesn't that. appeal to me anymore. Not anymore more yeah and she was still in that now thinking about it she yeah. was again a sociopath well, some crazy. people never grow out of that never. now something i also found very interesting was a similarity between cat and another much more famous murder case was casey anthony Ooh. now with Corey being a navy man he was deployed at sea for months at a time and during these periods of time cat would still go bar hopping and be living it up i mean apparently she did it with y'all um she but she would give the kids benadryl to knock them out um, this way she'd be able to go out and party, bring home random dudes, and like the kids would just sleep through the whole thing. That is actually not a joke. She's literally told me that verbatim, looked yeah. me in the eyes, say, I'm just give the kids some Benadryl and then you know, you and Mike can go down there and do your thing. You don't have to worry about him. I'm like, and as an 18 year old, it flew right over my head. Now yeah. as a 33 year old, I'm like, you drugged your motherfucking kids and like, went out and slept and blew every motherfucker in town. A field of red flags right there. A, a major man. Yeah, it's like Blood it's like Casey, it's like Casey Anthony with uh, Zanny the nanny. Zanny the nanny. Zanny the nanny. Now it isn't an uncommon tale that military wives sometimes are less than faithful to their husbands. Uh, right. It's actually estimated that about a third of military spouses cheat on their partners during deployments. Jesus. Um, yeah, pretty rough. But Cat seemed a little bit above the normal spectrum. Because Kat was actually married to another guy named Steve Larson before she even met Corey. Yeah. Uh, Steve was also in the military. He was on deployment. They, she apparently had a type. Uh, they divorced when he returned home because Kat was six months preggers by Corey at that point. Uh, so she had what seemed like an almost impulsive cheating habit. I feel like this, the, the Steve Larson, I feel like he probably dodged a bullet. He definitely did, and he was in one of the literally we didn't know y'all literally almost. He actually said when he got home on the airport, she said, "Hey, it's over." Oh yeah, by the way, pregnant with the dude that it's over with. Yeah, and in six months, it's like that's that's a thing. Like it really is. And he he actually said he's like, "I'm the husband that survived." In one of the interviews, I'm like, did you "He kind of is. He is. Yeah." I mean, that's like that. Honestly, like, like if you really stop and think about that, like Steve Larson's got to be like, I like could be dead right now. He literally probably thinks things sitting at home thinking about like, oh, yeah, yeah, this this, this fucking could have been me. Could have been. It could have been. So, well, well, yeah, <laughs> good for Steve. <laughs> right. Good for Steve. Good job, Steve. <laughs> yeah. 
So while Corey was basically the closest thing you could find to a real life Prince Charming, uh, he was not at all safe from cat's infidelity. Uh, now, this was the time of MySpace. Uh, I actually recognize that there are some of us uh, in our in our audience that uh, some of our younger weirdos that maybe never actually experienced MySpace in its heyday. Um, but kind of like, I guess tinder and all that i've never i've been married too long to have ever used tinder but uh we actually just used to meet random people on myspace and go hang out um and funny enough is like i actually have to credit fucking myspace with me not getting caught up in all this bullshit because i had met a person on myspace uh, who i was trying to start a band with uh in virginia beach and we were hanging out a lot so all this cat drama was going on. Very I was true. busy trying. I was busy hanging out with a different group of people, which is funny very true. Be- very true. Yeah, you were uh, you were hanging out with some uh, some dumb motherfuckers, but it's yeah. okay. You dodged the bullet, man. Good for you. I, I dodged that bullet. Uh, you know, that's that's some uh, that's some out of the frying pan into the fryer kind of shit. I mean, yeah, I'm uh, with you, man. Yeah. I I am actually while all this yeah. was going on, I had my own situation that that turned sour. So honestly, you you don't want this really on your on your on your on your credit. It's just it's yeah. not it's 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 it was not good. It was not a good situation. No, nah, not at all. Not at all. Anyway, so it was through <laughs> MySpace in 2006 that Cat came to meet the next antagonist in the story, a fella named Michael Draven. Now, there's no way in hell that Draven is his actual last name, right? That's the man's government last name. He no, changed it's not. his name. He, oh, he changed it. He changed it. You know, it's his government name it was different, but his actual name now, his government name, he changed it through the government. I saw the paperwork. Okay, it's so he Michael actually got it Anthony Draven. Okay, yes. Okay, okay. And there's a reason why he did that, because he's a scumbag. He beat he's up his abs- girlfriend. Yeah, he's a and got a warrant and changed his name because he had a warrant out even though they still found him anthony you idiot yeah uh, okay uh, that was a trick question because i actually did know his real name his, his real name was anthony neff and he changed right. it because of the crow like a complete yeah. fucking douche like it's like did you even see the crow like for who he turned into did you even see the crow right like yeah. no now I want to watch the crow. <laughs> now I want to watch the crow. God damn it. <laughs> now the best way I can describe Michael Draven is he looks like someone who's trying very unsuccessfully to make a career as a magician. <laughs> like, remember the early 2000s? He had the guy liner thing going on with the dark hair and the goatee. He looked yeah. like he would carry like a goth-themed deck of cards around with him and do like underwhelming card tricks that no one asked him to do. I'm telling you, dude, and that's so true. Because with the first time I met him, I thought he was gothic, but it was not. It was just the eccentric look of the the Michael Draven from or Eric Draven, whatever the hell. Eric his Draven name was, is. His, yeah, 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 was yeah. it? Yeah. Um, he just wanted that look, and yeah, Mike did come up with pick a card, any card, and I will find yeah. a card in your ass cheek. Yeah, yeah like, that was Mike. He he would be the type of magician though that would like it wouldn't be the right card. Is this? The you ace come. of spades. And he pulls it out of you between your ass cheeks. Too, and you're like, no, I had the three of clubs. <laughs> and I'm not kidding, y'all. This is how Michael Draven talked. So oh, he actually on, talked dude. like this. Like, Yeah, yeah. He, you yeah, know yeah, that yeah, shit he, was forced. Oh, it had to have been. Absolutely. It had to have been. It had to have been. Oh, yeah. Now, at this point, it becomes a situation where two of the absolute worst kinds of people come together. Yeah. Cat fell head over heels for Anthony almost immediately. Um, we Draven, Michael Draven, he got it changed. That's what he's known as. 
fell head over heels for him almost immediately. Uh, this is also that time in the early 2000s uh, after the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie came out where like pretty much any loser could just put on guyliner and there were always like a few ladies that would just drop panties for it. Very true. And I don't know if Mike went with that. I was 18. He was 27 at the time. This was late 2007. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. Um, in that sense, if he went with that direction of that time, because you're right about the Pirates mm-hmm. of the Caribbean, it's funny. Yeah. Um, everybody trying to be Johnny Depp up in this bitch. Everybody um, was. And he, yeah, he he was just, he was, Mike was a narcissistic scumbag. Yeah. I'll just keep, yeah. I'll leave it at that. We'll go I into think detail later. That pretty much, yeah, sums it up. Both of them were. Now, Draven immediately yeah. began feeding Cat a line of delusional bullshit. As you said on the, the business card, he was a photographer. He had started a business that was generating hundreds of thousands of dollars a year uh oh he was also a successful filmmaker Mm. yeah to everyone at home if anyone ever claims to be a successful filmmaker make them name a film on the spot and fact check that shit on imdb right away don't don't let it go any further than that you call them on that shit and you make sure that, that, that they're and in that's that. what what I should have done yeah. because he was in in movies and several independent films that had MySpace pages for them. Oh, um, yeah, I know Angel was one of the movies that he was in. Now, I don't course. know if you ever looked this up. If you found, no, uh, I didn't. <laughs> he was like a, a a he looked just like Mike, and that's that that was his whole character. But um, yeah, I I never asked about the stuff. But when I met him at Starbucks, he pulled out a whole fucking sheet of emails. Like I have all these emails from Hollywood, and I can help you out. You know, we could we can get together. And I'm like, oh, okay. Eighteen year old ghost is like, oh, sh- I mean, where do like, I blow you, man? I mean, like like it's hard to imagine, but like the both of us have always been starry eyed right. dreamers. So like, yes. You falling for that doesn't surprise me back then. Right. Like said, at 18. At 18. Yes. At 18, you're allowed to be a dumbass. In fact, you're absolutely you're almost encouraged to be a dumbass at that point. Fail so you don't fail later in life. Exactly. Fail upwards. Fail upwards. Yeah. That's how Hollywood <laughs> is anyway. Exactly. Exactly. But with all of Draven's claims of artistic success in deep pockets, the reality could not have been further from the truth. In reality, Anthony Michael Draven lived in a mobile home with his mother and delivered newspapers part time. Very true. Now, look, we're not here trying to talk shit about mobile home folk who deliver newspapers. Times are stupid tough out there. Gas is like still like four fifty a gallon, probably more. Um, just don't claim to be some uber successful filmmaker, aspiring filmmaker, if that is what exactly we're pursuing. But don't claim to be like. Don't claim to be the the cream of the crop if you're not. The greatest thing about Mike is the fact that he told me that he was related to fucking Dracula. And I mean, Vlad, the motherfucking impaler, the impaler. Correct. Like, like, like he he tried to claim he was a descendant of Dracul. Yes, that was an absolute. Yeah, I even called him that. That was like my great, great uncle. man. Dude, could you imagine the disappointment of Vlad, the impaler to find out? That like his descendant, who's claiming his name, lived with his mother in a trailer park and delivered newspapers part time. <laughs> Vlad is probably like, well, fuck this bullshit. Oh, I'm this going is back to Romania. Bullshit. I'm going back to Romania. This is bullshit. I do better Russian accent than cat though. Than Romanian. <laughs> it's funny as shit. But yeah, that that was Mike, man. Mike was that kind of eccentric fuck that I believed his movie shit. He looked it looked real. Yeah. But the Dracula shit threw me off guard. I still. 
My wife makes fun of it every day when I tell yeah. her, like, Dracula. <laughs> Dracula. Okay. Well, apparently he also did make some uh, some side money as a human test subject at a hospital in Baltimore where they would test pills and procedures like in Dirty Work. Remember that scene in Dirty Work? Yeah. No, he, he actually offered me. He pulled out a, this piece of paper one night and was like, hey, this is what I do. It's like five grand in a week. You go there and take these experimental drugs. I'm like, oh, 18-year-old ghost, like, Five grand Maybe. in a week. Who's, like, who do I want? Do I sign me up? And then I realized, that, yeah, yeah, I'm glad. As someone has Crohn's, I should, I'm glad I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't know that at the time, but still, I did not. Now, Draven was all about projecting his own version of reality, even to the point of weirdly inserting himself into Cat's life. Yeah. They they made no real effort to hide their relationship. Um, they were posting plenty of pictures on MySpace. And even posting pictures of him with Corey and Kat's kids with him captioning it, my daughter, Casey. That is actually true. I remember finding that very weird. Uh, one of our friends, uh, Steve, he mm -hmm. actually remembers, remembers seeing that. And did rem I remember distinctly him saying, don't you find that kind of weird? Off. Yeah. Off. And I'm like, I don't know, because we'll go into detail on why, because I told him the thing that I'm going to tell you shortly. So something else strange in the whole thing was Kat quickly became aware of Draven's true reality, that he wasn't massively successful and he wasn't wealthy, but she continued to make excuses for him and even began like contemplating divorce from Corey to be with, with Draven. Right. But she also realized that would mean she'd have to get a job and her lifestyle would have to drastically change if she were to do that. So Kat and Draven began concocting a plan. So on April 28th of 2007, Corey's first night back from deployment at around 11 p.m., Kat asked Corey to run an errand for her to go to an ATM to get cash for lunch money for the kids for the next day. Corey would never return home. The next morning, Corey's truck was reported in a strip mall, and in the driver's seat was the body of Corey Voss, dead from five gunshot wounds to the abdomen, chest, and arms. Yeah, actually, he was found by a woman that works in one of those doctor offices. He died in front of a doctor's office and at seven in the morning, a woman, you know, comes to work, passes by it. And she actually saw him when she got inside the building. She saw from outside, there's a dude like hanging yeah. slumped over. Is he sleeping in the car? Why is he sleeping in front of my building? Right. And that's how the police was contacted. Wow. So Kat called and reported Corey missing the next morning around 6 a.m., uh, and called around the Navy command to see if like anybody knew anybody there knew where Corey was. Uh, of course, this was reported on the local news. And one of the heroes of this story, uh, who was actually one of Kat's best friends, Ashley Doyle, saw the report and it was saw that it was asking for more information. Ashley was very aware of Kat and Draven's relationship, and she had this voice in her head that just said, Kat did it. Kat did it. So she immediately contacted the authorities to offer her help. The person that she contacted was the dude that gave me my subpoena. So it's kind of hilarious when oh, I see wow. but the bald, the bald gentleman. I forgot off detective, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I never met Ashley. I don't know who she is, but she's like a superhero to me. Like, yeah, you're, she's you're, an you're she's one of the reasons this got solved. Absolutely, she 100%. was like a linchpin for this getting solved. So she's she an absolute was, unsung yeah. hero in this. 
she was. Yeah. So it is from Ashley Doyle that we have some of the inside information that we have. Uh, she even wore a wire at one point and a hidden camera for police, uh, but nothing concrete came of that. Uh, but something that did were Kat's differing reactions to the situation. Kat acted almost uncaring, like nothing was really a big deal. Uh, even at one point being irritated that Corey's mom was calling her. Yeah. But publicly, she played the part of the grieving widow to a cartoonish level. Mm -hmm. Doyle described it as very over the top. At the funeral, uh, she was moaning and wailing and laying over the casket and just putting on a big show. What's crazy is the judge that presided all over this whole mm -hmm. thing, uh, and I'm going to quote her. Yeah. I'm going to try and quote her. She said, you deserve an Oscar with the performance that you did on the day of, of your burial of your widow of your husband. Yeah. Like it was very over the top. Very, oh, yeah. yeah. But at this point, detectives were watching her very closely. Um, when someone in the Navy is killed, the Navy pays out an immediate death, pen death benefit of $100,000 to the spouse or next of kin. Yeah. In this case, Cat uh, got that money. Cat's money moves were watched very closely. Uh, less than three weeks after the murder, she spent about $10,000 on a trip to the Outer Banks with Draven and his brother. She went ham on spending jewelry, hotels, restaurants, and even a new apartment for her and Draven. After three months, she only had about $900 left. That's what's crazy because I, I even uh, – this is not confirmed, but I also found two sources actually where, yeah. said, where they stated that she not only got the hundred grand but another hundred and fifty of some other settlement with the, oh. with the Navy. So $250,000. And she still then, managed to piss it all and, away. And like that's that. – that's, you know what, man? How can anybody spend that amount of money in three fucking months, dude? Now, a, like, a normal person, like a normal middle class fucking working person. Dude, the shit that I could do if I had a sudden influx of $100,000, right? like her stupidity actually bothers me. It literally, dude. Yeah. The older I've gotten, the more I thought about this case, the more I'm like, this is a dumb son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Now, of course, this erratic spending put Kat and Draven uh, top of the list of suspects, but oh, yeah. circumstantial evidence like that is not enough to nail someone to the wall. So, cops began a campaign of wiretapping that would last for months. Yeah. Now, to try to get something they could use, they utilized a tactic that I've never actually heard before, but I kind of like this. It's called tickling the wires. Oh, yeah. Now, that's where they try to create a scenario where the suspect, the subject is, is discussed and attempt to get something that can be used in court. They interviewed Corey's mom and flew to Michigan to interview Corey's sister and even asked her to call Kat to check up on her attempting to elicit conversation they did man they did i found that out later that they did tap the phones and we wouldn't even know about this but another person that was involved that be both jd and i know we confirmed that he got a paper from the the uh, atf that his phone was fucking tapped so that means that's crazy when him and i were talking like oh i love that cock last night they heard all of that and that was incredible <laughs> and we knew we did that because he actually speculated that we were tapped and so y'all was... thought so y'all thought that you were we had a feeling you fucked with you fucked with murder investigators after after we we did <laughs> it's funny actually, <laughs> after we got subpoenaed we started talking all this nasty shit at 18 man we Jesus were just like Christ. fuck it again you have at 18 you're allowed i was to 18 leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> Now, Kat was extremely eager to get the investigation wrapped up. 
telling everyone, um, including directly telling police themselves at one point that they weren't doing enough. Exactly. But Kat also had ulterior motives. So we mentioned the 100K. There's the 150 I didn't even know about. Yeah. But Corey also had a $400,000 life insurance policy plus social security benefits and a widow's benefit all coming her way. Yeah. The only catch with that is she had to be fully cleared of any wrongdoing before she could collect any of it. Two weeks before she got in, before this case went into the haywire. Yeah. She said, Ghost, you're not going to believe I have been waiting for six months now for my money. I'm actually going to contact Governor Webb. I'm not even fucking joking. She said, I'm contacting Governor Webb. I'm writing him an email right now. And I need this to be cleared. Corey's been dead for so long. Where's my money? To me. Dude, the I'm delusion there of yeah. this is inc- is just it's. I mean, like she played the part, I guess. She did, she did, she fooled me. I'm like, I'm, and I'm all sitting there. Yeah, call him, man. Maybe you'll get your money. I don't, I didn't know. Yeah, it's just wow. Yeah, because I mean, again, you know, you're 18. You you weren't you yeah. weren't even super really involved. I I, I imagine like no. in the thinking of the whole thing. So no, no, yeah. So detectives finally got a big break in the case when they found out that Draven had been arrested a month before the murder over some altercation with an ex. I think you mentioned that up top. I did. I did. Yeah. It's the he beat up a, an ex girlfriend like a spineless coward that he is, and so he's exactly change his name. who we think yeah. he is. Yeah. Yep. He's exactly that. Yeah. Yep. But while in jail, he made hundreds of phone calls, most right. of them to Cat. I think I read it was like ninety five percent were to Cat. <laughs> Yeah, this is where like this is some of the dumbest criminal shit I've ever heard of. I want to add something just to this part real quick. Okay, I wrote Draven. I have several letters that I have written back and forth with him. Once I found out that he was uh, political aspects, I don't want to get into. I stopped writing. Yeah. In one of the letters, the fucker actually said that that wasn't him. Those phone calls were not real. They were planted wait, wait, by the wait, fucking wait, wait. FBI. So um, I wish I was kidding. So he pulled a shaggy. He's pulled. <laughs> they haven't caught me on the camera. It wasn't, wasn't me. me. <laughs> literally. Got me. They heard me on the jail phone. phone? Uh, literally. <laughs> yeah, he said that wasn't him. And me and my wife sitting there like, and she says that his voice. I'm like, I can absolutely. Wa- I will never forget that motherfucker. I will never forget I'll his never voice. Never forget the voice that sounded just like literally. This. So yeah, that was him. Absolutely. So I don't know what the wow. hell they were thinking when Jesus they used- Christ. He even says at the beginning of it, this is monitored and recorded. Like, it, what the fuck, it, idiot? Much? Oh my god! Now they even seem to realize that the calls were recorded. But like they still immediately began incriminating themselves. Like, have you seen a mob movie? Like, literally. Like, like, so have you talked to you know? When's that gonna go down? I'm like, it's you recorded. Yeah, like, like say something. At least be like, there's, there's like, we heard something from our friend up north. Or say something. Literally, like, make fucking like key notes, like yeah. key words, and be like, yo, the fire's burning. Yeah, and I think I think the leaves will fall when uh, when the toilet flushes. Yeah, they would know what that means, but you and I won't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they could put it together, but like, still. Okay, obviously, you know, I yes, but still dumb. But don't talk on the phone in jail. That's the point in this. Exactly. Well, maybe just don't commit murder. Or don't commit. <laughs> Thank you, JD. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Don't commit murder first. Don't murder. Don't murder. <laughs> don't murder. Yeah. The name David came up. This is so fucking stupid. It's it's, it's infuriatingly stupid, as well as money. And David wanting money up front. And they literally said on a recorded jail call, 
David wants more money up front. He wants 500. Total side note. If you are ever hiring a hitman, I don't recommend it, but if you ever do, do not go with the discount option. If your hitman is asking for $500 up front, he's not a good hitman. Get you a hitman that asks for five figures minimum up front. Literally. And I mean, don't get a hitman, but literally, if you do for some stupid reason decide to hire a hitman, Five figures, and I mean like yeah. high five figures, like seventy five k. Don't get your hitman on wish. Don't because these fucks are that dumb, and this hitman is even dumber. Oh my god, it's it's infu- like seriously, this is one of the dumbest cases I've ever researched. So who was David? Well, because Cat is no criminal mastermind, and the jail recordings mentioned speaking a good bit to a guy named David, detectives went through Kat's phone records, which I'm sure she didn't even realize they could do. Yeah. And they traced the calls to a David Runyon of Morgantown, West Virginia. Yep. There's even a quote from one of the detectives asking how dumb these people could be. I mean, literally. It's I like, mean, yeah. No, no, this th- this man, the day that that they connected David and Mike and Kat was middle of December 2007. Yeah. And I remember going to Kat's house that day and on the fucking screen is Wavy TV 10 and there's (sighs) this man that says David Runyon and Kat is literally losing her goddamn shit. When I tell you I've never seen somebody be this manic She's like, I need to change my locks. He's going to have people come after me now because he killed my husband. Not even kidding. I wow. wish I was making this up. Yeah, that she was completely. Delusional. So she was like, like literally like, like making you like, what? what's the word? It's not like, uh, it's like implicit after the fact or something like that. Like literally, where you, where you knew the information. She was crying so much that even I, at one point as 18 year old gullible ghost, yeah. even asked. Shouldn't you be happy, man, that they caught the guy? I, and she's like, oh, I am. It's like, just, he's going to have people come after me. I'm like, what? You I love fuck? how this is the first time where you start to realize like a chink in the armor of like, maybe something is not right here. Literally four months later, I'm like, oh, my God, dude, literally no joke. So now for detectives, it came to connecting Runyon to Cat and Draven. Well, as they began looking into Runyon, they found that he was also a lab rat at the same hospital program that Draven was at that he tried to get you involved in. Yeah. So they were able to establish their relationship through that. Now, again, not disparaging people who participate in medical trials for money. It's tough out there. I get it. Yes. But if you're ever doing that and your buddy in that program somehow gets to a point where he's leading towards asking you to whack a guy, maybe bring it up to an authority figure. Maybe reporting. Maybe. No just joke. maybe. Just maybe. Because just maybe. any normal, rational person is just, imagine just sitting there like popping these pills and saying, hey, Jeopardy's on. Hey, you ever whacked a guy? You ever killed a guy? How do you, like, how do you even <laughs> go across this shit? Yeah, how do you bring that, like, dude, like, how do you bring this up? Like, uh, so, how do you? so, how about we play a game of Never Have I Ever? <laughs> Literally, no. Never joke. have I ever murdered, murdered someone. <laughs> yeah, because apparently David Runyon has done this before. So he says. There's so no he fucking says. way this guy had done this before, and we'll find out why in a little bit here. Right. So Runyon was put on 24-hour surveillance um, because the wiretap evidence that they were able to obtain, uh, the, because through that they were able to obtain, uh, they were able to obtain a search warrant, 
and they were able to search his mobile home. During the search, they found a box of 357 Magnum with five missing bullets. Remember, Corey had been shot five times, as well as a handwritten shopping list with items like knife, tarp, boots, black hooded sweatshirt, shit you would probably get to murder someone. Now, at this point, it was five months after the murder, and they made their move on Runyon. They had the assistance of the Morgantown Police Department, who did a traffic stop on Runyon, and detectives searched the truck. Apparently, Runyon had absolutely no reaction whatsoever. In the truck, one detective referred to as finding the smoking map. Literally. This is next level stupid. Oh, yeah. They found in the center console a map of the area and handwritten Langley Federal Credit Union, which was the bank that Corey went to, an extremely detailed description of Corey's vehicle, the name Corey written on it, and a picture of Kat and Michael Draven. No joke. I I wish JD was kidding, but he's not. Yeah, they, he had all detail. He had, like, missing uh, back a hump bumper or 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 uh the the back of the truck thing was down it was detailed when you said it was yeah. detailed that shit was detailed and you would would you would not miss this truck now nah. um Corey's truck so like yeah, one it, of the like one of the the plates the um the the wheel things was missed one of those called yes the, yeah one of those was missing it was like down to those details and why keep all of this shit six months later and why have a picture of mike and cat why 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 this dipshit this supposed hitman just drove around with all this evidence, like burn it or something. Burn it, man. Bury the shit deep. <laughs> if you want to get rid of it to get rid, get away with it. Like, yeah, come on, man. I never understood that. I either. never, I cannot, never. I can't understand that at all. Now, even the detectives were shocked at how stupid this was. Like, is this for real? Now Draven and Kat knew about the arrest warrant or about the arrest in West Virginia. So they started to get worried. This is where, this is where you said that you were part of that. Like yes. you started to get manic. Yep. And this is where apparently Draven started just kind of wandering around town, threatening to jump off the James river bridge. That is actually confirmed. He yep. called me an hour before he got arrested, left yeah. me a voicemail. I wish I still had it. Something oh, regarding amazing. Hey ghost. This is Michael. Well, this is Mike. The way he said it. Um, I, you will not be seeing me anymore. I think I don't, I will never be, I will never see you again. Something like that. And in a sense of, I hope all your dreams come true. And you hear in the background, like, like cars. Oh, so you heard like the cars whizzing I did. by. I actually did. I wish I still had that voicemail. It's, it's oh, chilly, man. It's man. chilling knowing that, that this, this person is about to go down. I didn't know for what, but. I'm, yeah, at that point, it's like you, uh, that had to be like weird as shit for you too. Like, wait, what? What the fuck's happening? It really happening? was. And I, if you don't mind me adding this, yeah, story, I wanted to tell you this. When I first met Cat and Mike, yeah, the we walked around the house. This was the day she did the accent thing, yeah. and and I and I didn't buy it. But we walked around the house. They showed me. I was. I mean, she had a fucking tanning bedroom, dude. Yeah. And I and I, we walked around the house, like I said, and there was pictures of this man. And mm-hmm. in the living room was this big china cabinet. I mean, it was fucking huge. Yeah. It was it was his ashes, all this other shit. Yeah. You know, in America, most people, my wife said this, she's like, the reason why you caught them is because most Americans don't ask, well, who is this person that has died? 
I, as a foreigner, being only seven years in the States, was like, <laughs> who's this guy around here? You guys are boyfriend, girlfriend. I literally asked like that. You guys are together. Yeah. Who is this person? And this is what they did. They immediately stopped for half a second, looked at each other. And and I felt, and that's where I knew, the, the I, I saw the real them for like half yeah. a second. And that was the real them. They turned around, like she nodded, turned around, and she says, my husband was murdered six months ago. They haven't found a killer. And I left it at that. And I said, I am so sorry. I didn't know. Not asking I, any more I, I questions. Mean, I'm not asking. And I never fucking did. Holy shit, dude. That's fucking chilling, man. Like, the, you like kind of saw just like the the, the blinds did. go up just a little bit. Just a little For bit. For a minute, I saw the real wow. people. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, they managed to arrest Draven before he did himself any harm. And after a few hours of interrogation, he flipped on Cat. Didn't even take it, it even, didn't even take a full day. It was a couple hours. Um, yeah. Also, I'm not sure if they lawyered up at this point. This is how stupid they were. No, they didn't. They talked. Yeah. Now, he said that she was the mastermind behind the whole thing. And he also laid out how Runyon had agreed to, uh, to the murder for $20,000 which he never got paid for. Nah, he got like 250 bucks, I think, that yeah. they gave him through a Western Union fucking check. He didn't even yeah. get it cash. He got a Western Union motherfucker. Yeah, it was like a tiny amount, like a little bit of gas money. Literally. So they had Draven call to set Cat up, and she was arrested as well. The night I was there, that happened. Yeah? And I heard the phone call where she's like, wait there, I'm coming for you. I heard her say it in the fucking living room, dude. She's like, I'm going to, I'm going to jail. Mike just got arrested for some shit. And I got to go pick him up. I'm like, oh, okay. You want to come? I'm like, knew- do you, do you want to come? She literally, asked, it was me and, and I don't know if, do you remember Paul? Yeah. Paul was there. Paul went and got arrested with her. God. Yeah, I yeah, you you remember Paul? Paul and his yeah, sister went and got got arrested, and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went home. And Wasn't was Paul also involved in like a weird murder situation? Or, or did he, he just say? At, or, or did he just he talk? Might, shit he might have just lied. He might have just lied. Okay, okay. You know, he seemed like the type. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't like him. Logical, Fuck dude. Paul. Fuck Paul. <laughs> I hope he Paul. doesn't listen to this episode. He's gonna be like these motherfuckers. I don't even know shit. if Paul is still alive. Like he's still alive. I'm friends on Facebook with him. <laughs> That's funny as shit. That's funny. So Kat tried to throw everybody under the bus, but uh, this was one pickle she was not able to manipulate her way out of. Draven got life. Runyon is currently sitting on death row awaiting execution. Mm-hmm. And with all the evidence they had, Kat pled guilty and also got life. Yeah, she got life plus 20 years for a uh, robbery. Um, she she should have gotten they were going to death penalty for her, but she pled yeah. out. Well, that's um, why, because she knew that like there was no like the yeah, only yeah. way to save her skin Absolutely. was to plead guilty. And I never realized until just getting later on, like 14 mm. years later, I never realized that how how much of an impact Draven actually had with this man losing his life. You wouldn't think about it, but Draven yeah. is the was the center point. The cat wanted him dead. Mike yeah. knew somebody. Mike found the person, connected him to Cat. Those two talked. Boom. Mike basically is you would if she didn't have Mike, Corey would have never died, probably. Unless like she'd have had like Draven do it or something. Or yeah. But he or said, do it herself. Do it. Yeah, you remember he said, I couldn't do it. I can't kill a person. So you can, like, have somebody killed, but you can't kill somebody? Like, what's Literally. honestly, what's the difference? Like, at that point, honestly, at that point, you're just a pussy. Literally. Yeah, if you can't do it yourself, then 
don't fucking do it or yeah. don't do it at all. What don't do it at all. Yeah, just don't murder. Just and you don't know what? Murder. Don't be Michael Draven. This don't. is this is also weird for me to add, um, because I used to sell insurance. I used to sell life insurance. Um, maybe know your spouse before you get a giant life insurance policy. I feel bad for Corey. The dude was 31 years old. He yeah. didn't deserve this. Like, this was really just unfortunate. The first night after deployment, she whacked the motherfucker. Did you know that? It was the first night home. First night home of, of being three months on the, on a ship, dude. This is somebody that, like, like, they write romantic comedies about people like Corey Voss. Yeah. Like, I, I could not find a single bad thing about him. Apparently yeah. a great dad. Apparently a great husband. And like, I know like when somebody dies, like they do tend to like, you know, kind of like raise them onto a pedestal a little bit, but like, I couldn't even find like, yeah, he was a dick in high school. I couldn't even find anything about that. Like, like somebody, if he had been a dick would have had like, like, okay, when I die, I'm sure there's gonna be at least one person. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be that like, one dick. Fuck that guy. <laughs> it's gonna be that one dick that's gonna say fuck. We've you. all got like one person that'll be like fuck that guy, and it's gonna be, <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, it's gonna be somebody. Yeah, obviously, yeah. there's 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 gotta be, and, and this guy really didn't have anything. No, Corey was. Yeah, I mean, he his kids even. I was I was cool with his kids. He had two kids with her, man, and they even they were like, <laughs> I they're saddened. You know, they lost their yeah. father and their mother. And, yeah, well, it's weird to think you know they're adults now too. They are. They are. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She so. actually was. I made. I made a video about this on YouTube, yeah. and and she, uh, uh, Casey, came on there and was like, "Imagine being the daughter of the kid." Oh, oh God. Yeah, like that's the thing. Is like, in a lot of this kind of thing, nobody really like thinks about the kids. Like, but like they, their lives get like the world keeps turning. Like their lives go on, man. Like they yeah. lost, like a really good father that's got to be traumatizing it is absolutely traumatizing i know they got some kind of ptsd they depression have they, have, yeah. they are yeah for yeah. sure so you know i mean for what it's worth like more power to them i hope everything's okay i hope they're living sure. hope they're living uh, you know their best lives at this point but right. uh you know so and if they ever hear this man i i really like those kids man those kids were great yeah I, I felt really horrible for them i was a kid myself they were only like 10 years younger than me i think like nine or so eight or nine yeah they were young yeah so yeah i was in a different part of my life now as an yeah. adult i feel horrible for them i really do yeah i mean yeah so well so again i guess we we've learned don't do murder uh don't if you're going to do murder don't hire a hitman from wish uh don't kill for- don't kill. Don't kill. But if you got to kill, if you got to have if somebody kill, don't do it like to, my cat and dra- be <laughs> smarter, be smarter, like come up with some code words. If the hitman's asking for 500, get a different hitman. Walk away. Walk away. Yeah. Just walk away. Just walk away. <laughs> just walk away. Don't, before just we no. walk away, ghost, where can everybody find you? You can find me at the ghost. That's D.A. G.H.O.S.T. underscore official. At all pages, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, you can't miss me. Love it. I love it. Everybody listening home, if you like what you're hearing, tell your friends. Like, tell everybody. We're trying to grow this little cult. Let's get some more cult members out here. Let's get yes. some people drinking this Kool-Aid. Uh, if you Again, you know, you like what you're hearing, leave us a review. Leave a you know, leave five stars. If you don't like what you're hearing, just fuck off. Don't leave, don't leave a review. You don't have to leave a bad review. But if you like what you're hearing, leave us a five star. If you're watching on YouTube, you know, go ahead and follow the channel. Uh, leave a comment below. Send me an email at weirdwidepodcast@gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I want to hear uh, any kind of weird stories you have any kind of were you involved with a weird murder like anybody who's been involved with a weird murder i want to hear about it let's talk hit me up 
next week, join us again. Another dive into the strangeness. Another dive into the weird. And until then, keep it weird. Thank you.